You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Now, I absolutely love hearing from Sexy Marriage Radio listeners. And just recently, got an email from a listener that's been listening for quite a while. And it's quite a long email that came to us, Shannon. But it's a big kudos and a thanks for what we do. And they even ra- they even phrase it where it's a little long, but the payoff at the end is worth it, both for us and for <laughs> you. I know exactly you. which one you're talking uh, about. It's a great one because he's just talking about they've had this 11-year marriage, an amazing first seven years, without kids, traveled, all kinds of good things, establishing careers, and you know they just learned a lot about each other. And then kids come into the picture, exhaustion, struggles. And things just start waning quite a bit. And so last year, he made he made the decision, the husband made the decision of, I'm going to start being more deliberate. I'm going to be more intentional about our sex life. So he started searching out blogs, resources, everything he could, and he came across us. And all along this, he's like, you know, trying to get his wife to listen as well. And she's, yeah, you know, and this is very common, isn't it, Shannon, where we have one listener and yep. they mention it or drop hits, hints, or even maybe sit down right next to their spouse and say, you got to listen to this. And then they're yeah, like, Yeah, the high desire spouse wants them to listen. And the low dis- desire spouse is like, nah, watching Dr. Phil. Yeah. So <laughs> it's one of those that, you know, they, so this path has been going on and he's, he's seeing a little bit of an improvement, but it's still not quite there. And so one of the things he says in his email was he talked about how, his, she was out one on a Friday night, and he he set everything up at home. He was just going to be very, very intentional. And so when she comes home... Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, oh. You're leaving out some important well, detail here. I mean, we're talking fireplace, yeah. blanket, candles, yeah, rose petals. Yeah, so it was yeah. very, very intentional and very, very clear, <laughs> the, the message that was being set up and sent. And so they just they have a great time, and for the first time ever... A G-spot orgasm. <laughs> I mean, and then the great thing about it is they're laying there afterwards and in the silence, the wife says, so I finally listened to Sexy Marriage Radio today. And he's really, which one? And she says with a smile, the one about the G-spot. <laughs> <laughs> when I got to the end of that, I just wanted to do triple backflips. I actually received that when I was on a retreat with some friends. And I just started reading it out loud to this couple and to my husband, not having any idea where it was going. Right. And so when we got to the end, it was just like it's such a clever punchline, you know, of, of wow, they experienced this cool new experience together. And it was because she listened to our show Love on Spot Orgasm. Love I felt that. really great about that. Well, if you want to add to the queue of things that you've had experience with that you love, and the other side of that is the things that you've got questions on or comments. We welcome those and invite those. So send those to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Those come to both Shannon and I. So we see everything that comes through the inbox. And so you get replies back from us possibly, or they are future shows. And that's the stuff that fuels what we do because we really do believe married sex is the hotbed for sex. It's the great Mm -hmm. place where you can experience, absolutely, where you can experience greatness and you can have so much more to look forward to knowing that this is a lifelong journey that that you're creating together and it's a secret society of your you and your spouse that you can 
set up, and we love being invited into that realm of your world and that and are honored that you trust us with that. Yeah, I, I love the fact that marriage is never just a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. This is a, I'm on a journey with you and you are my companion for life. And we're going to keep learning how to pleasure each other from season to season. Yep. I, I, I love marriage. We're coming up on 24 years soon. Uh, here just in a couple weeks. And that's you and Greg, not you and I. Just so if you're new to Sex oh, yeah, Marriage yeah, Radio. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that Shannon and, and I are not married I've known each to, other yeah. a total of not even six months yet. <laughs> yeah, we're not married to each other, but, you know, <laughs> Shannon's got 24 years coming up quick, and I've got 21 coming up quick with Pam. So it is a great marriage in the show in the sense of the we bring lots of marriage history to the to the show so but not yeah, to and, each other so un, so unusual that we're both married to cpas <laughs> that is uh, that is kind of one of those huh unusual so, combination it, it yeah. is kind of a match that's interesting yes indeed yeah we're masters of words and they are masters with numbers yeah and excel spreadsheets do not turn me on like they do my wife no nope, so. not at all <laughs> So here's a, here's another show that, that came up from an emailer, and this is where we're going today, Shannon, is that the whole concept of just how past, and you know, we've alluded to that before in, as far as childhood stuff and how our upbringing definitely has a role in the way we live life and the way we do relationships and the way we have sex. But what about specifically prior marriages, prior relationships? Mm. Because those are going to play into the to the present for sure, just like right childhood will we can't just we can't just yeah we can't just look at the first two decades of our life and assume that that's the only foundation that was ever laid for the present that we're living now sure. that yeah our 20s 30s you know the early you know the early adulthood years we also can pack some sexual and emotional baggage during that time yep and um yeah i, I love this question that the reader poses about second marriages yes but how do you keep from undermining the intimacy and the trust and the, you know, the companionship, the warm, fuzzy feelings between spouses when you both brought so much sexual and emotional baggage into the marriage from prior relationships. Right. And that's, I mean, specifically, I know you're referring to an emailer from a listener that we have that, that asked this straight out and, and even gave us quite a bit of sound bites to use to help frame this show. But I'm thinking also this applies to just any, even if you had a marriage prior that that was like ended because of a death, you know, so it wasn't bad. That next marriage, you still got things to overcome. You still yeah, have, there's still ghosts from your past right. who own a lot of your soul. Right, but in yeah. this one, you know, the listener points out that they, there's the marriage that he's they're in currently is after both spouses had really bad marriages prior, in the sense of abuse or lovelessness or you know, just emotional neglect and things that, man, that's really tough to, to overcome. Sure. And it makes me wonder too, you know, what season did they commit to singleness to heal from those wounds before they walked into the second marriage? Because I know that a lot of my coaching clients, so oftentimes they jumped from the frying pan into the fire. They yep. went from one relationship to the next without that season of just healing and grieving that loss and, and getting encouragement and strength from other people and figuring out who they are as an individual before they yoke themselves with another individual again so quickly. Right. So I, I definitely recommend that whenever people go through a divorce, wait a minimum of a year before even considering dating 
and then date at least a full year before you even consider getting married because right. you you think that you know a person uh, and you think you know yourself, but the reality is, is oftentimes we're just uh, starstruck and right. just, you know, we, we just get so giddy over the excitement of a new relationship that we, we, we don't recognize what groundwork needs to be laid for that marriage to really have a strong foundation. Right. And if you're in the boat where you didn't, you can still take care of some things in the middle of, oh, of sure. what's going on. And, you know, so you can still, because even if you do, I mean, cause I can think of this cause I've had this scenario with a couple that came in, they were in their second marriage and they both followed a pretty good path of their first marriages weren't good. They ended they did a lot of soul searching and work for a couple years in between as single Healthy. and then they get married and they're thinking, Hey, look, I've done what I'm supposed to do. And now all of a sudden, lo and behold, the past is creeping back in. And so you still have to deal with stuff. And it, it, I like what you're saying, Shannon, that yeah, be diligent about how you transition from one to another. But even if you didn't, you can still do it now. You know, you can still deal with, the past in the, in the midst of what's going on. And that's what, that's what I'm thinking of in the sense of like our emailer that he, he, he emails in just talking about how their journey has set the stage for a lot of tension and anxiety and performance and anxiety and insecurity. Yeah. There's lots of things that have crept in because of their past with other, with other partners. And so how do I deal with that currently? How do I handle that better? Yeah, I love I love what he said that um, he this is his quote: "Our past is killing our present." Yeah, and that is so true that we can let our past so darken the bright days that we could be enjoying. Um, he also had another one: it's that our emotional baggage is destroying our love life, yep. and that their insecurities are sabotaging their relationship. Yep. And yeah, it, it can really become a self-fulfilling prophecy when we assume that however we were treated in the past is going to be how our current spouse treats us. And, and obviously I'm you know looking at the negative, but it can also create baggage when you had good experiences in the past and you expect your second spouse to live up to or even exceed that. Uh, I mean, it, it can, the baggage can surface in a variety of different ways. And you're right, Corey, sometimes you just don't foresee what could come down the pike and these insecurities and anxieties rear their ugly heads uh, at the most random of times. And it can be the weirdest thing that can trigger you right? Uh, that will just send you reeling with, with, you know, pain or insecurity or, you know, a flashback, a memory from the past or whatever, good or bad. And trying to sift through that uh, individually, instead of dragging your spouse down a road of, don't you understand what you've done to me? It, it's really important. I think it's definitely a sign of maturity when someone can say, okay, I'm having a negative feeling right now and I need to figure out what's triggered that and sift right. through this rather than project the blame onto my partner for making me feel this way. Right. And so to start, what comes to my mind listening to you, Shannon, is the whole comparison idea of, you know, I'm looking back at my partner and realizing, wow, you know, she's comparing me to such and such that she's been with, or this, this happened and I can't, so you get that performance anxiety or you get that, there's no way I could live up to that. And that's not even just in the bedroom. That could just be in the way you, you know, provide the way you tend house, the way, whatever it may be that to start with is to realize almost without fail, every single one of us 
skew our memories. You know, so it's not a complete accurate depiction of life. We remember what we want to and what we can, and we try to disregard or change or alter slightly the past. And the example I think of with this, Shannon, is let's say, you know, we alluded to earlier, Greg is your husband and Pam's my wife, that let's say we went on a double date and we go to a movie together. And then we all go out for coffee afterwards. It's very possible that that conversation could sound like all four of us went to different movies. <laughs> you know, just because we we filter things and process things differently as individuals. And when that plays out then in a marriage, it can set the stage to where it's like, wow, I can't live out. But you have to realize, wait, that's their interpretation of right. what happened. It's not necessarily all of what happened. <laughs> right. And you're right. So oftentimes we look at an experience in hindsight as it was all good or all yeah. bad, when in reality it was a combination of the two. Right. Um, and Corey, uh, just a quick story I want to share just from my own experience. I remember we had probably been married about 10 years and I made the comment to Greg of, you know, I just really wish that you would approach me with more whirlwind passion. And I don't even remember specifically what it was I was wanting him to do, but I will never forget the look on his face when he made the connection that I was actually comparing him to a previous lover. Uh, something that I alluded to was a huge clue. And he just very sincerely and respectfully said to me, Shannon, you have no business comparing me to someone that you had no business having sex with in the first place. <laughs> and the next day I was sitting with that, you know, I was kind of reeling. Of, yeah. I, I couldn't deny that that's what I was doing in my right. head of why won't you, you know, why don't you just approach me like this guy used to approach me? He used to just totally sweep me off my feet. And but then I got to thinking, but you know what? He swept a lot of other women off their feet too. Oh. And he really wasn't that good to me unless I was having sex with him. And you know, I just started yeah. realizing how dare I compare Greg to something that wasn't all that good in the first place, but I selected the one little part that was good in my mind back then and compared him to that. Yep. But to realize that, oh, my husband treats me so much better than he ever thought about treating me. And just to receive what my husband had to offer me in the bedroom without comparisons was something I, I definitely felt convicted to live by from then on. That's interesting because that's that's a true kind of owning of your own baggage of realizing, that's wait, 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 I have skewed this maybe for my own benefit, but it's definitely harming others <laughs> as right. far as trying to have them live up to it. Because right. then, then the more, and that's, that's the counsel I think I would give to listeners that are facing this or they're really interested in this kind of this show is to realize, okay, what I'm being asked or what I'm perceiving I'm being asked, what is my role in that and what's their role in that? You know, what's, what's our responsibilities, truly? And then how can I more upfront and honestly say, wait, hold, I feel like this. Is that true? You know, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. Is that true? And, and start to unpack it more to see what truly is going on. Cause I think of this as, as counseling unfolds with couples with me, when I get a chance to do intensives with couples, you know, where I'm three hours a day, three days in a row, mm -hmm. you know, I get the initial story within the first hour and we're, and we're working as the story's going on, but that story sets the framework for the next three days. Because typically that's where I come back to all the time. It's like, wait, well, hold on a sec. I mean, this just happened as a great example. I have an older couple I've been working with for a while. And we got onto their sex life and how he's 
complained that it, you know, well, he's made the comment, yeah, it's okay. But she's like, I want more. I want him in my bed more because now they're sleeping separate. And so I was like, well, how'd that happen? Well, he let, she, her interpretation is he got mad and left the bed. His interpretation was, I don't want to be in the bed with our children because <laughs> when they <laughs> had little ones, that's two totally right, different scenarios. When they had little ones, they slept with them. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want this. So I'm going to go sleep someplace else. And mm -hmm. well, it's like, hello, that's a huge different interpretation that you know is still playing out today. And so it's like, okay, we need to unpack and, re and, and own our stuff. Like you're talking about Shannon of wait, there's some truth in that. Now, what does that really mean to me? And then typically I think the best in us rises up and confronts those things and then charts a different path forward. And, and, and Corey, can I talk a little bit about what that looks like to unpack baggage? Go. Because I know that it's just kind of a, you know, it's a word picture that we use and everybody knows what we're talking about, but nobody knows what it looks like to actually unpack it, sift through it right. and understand right. it better. That's a good point. And how I explain this to my coaching clients, especially when we go through our four day women at the well intensive, where we spend four days looking at our complete sexual history, trying to connect the dots and, and uh, realize the patterns that we've created in our lives. The things that I tell the women is that, you know, we're going to look at our negative emotions that we've stuffed all of our life because those have become a pressure cooker that cause us to explode in some pretty unhealthy directions, whether that's tearing down our current spouse or running into the arms of an affair partner or whatever. But I tell them your emotions are not intended to be stuffed down. Your emotions are actually your wisest teachers. Right. So let's pretend Corey that you picked up a newspaper this morning and the headline read uh, man has seven people trapped in his basement and you read the article and he's had seven people bound and gagged in trapped in his basement for years and the police do some investigation of now who are these seven people why did he choose them do they have anything in common and what they learn is that these were actually actually his wisest teachers from his high school and college years. So then you'd ask, why would he bind and gag his wisest teachers and stuff them in the basement when he should have them in the living room, sitting at their feet and learning all he can from them? Right. Well, that's exactly what we do with our emotions. We stuff them in the basement and we try to ignore them and tune them out when what we really need to do is listen to them. So what I encourage people to do is set aside a week uh, you know, maybe an hour a day for a full week and look at these six emotions. Well, it's total, a total of seven emotions, but spend one day asking yourself, do I feel any guilt? And if so, what about the next day? Look at shame. Do I feel any shame? And what is that in regards to the next day? Look at fear. What have I been fearful of? And what am I fearful of now? Uh, the next day, look at anxieties or insecurities, however you want to word that. The next day, look at anger. What's made you angry uh, in the past and in this present season? The next day, look at sadness. What are you sad about? And then hopefully by the last day, you can move on to gladness. That once you've unpacked all those negative emotions and sat with them, shed tears, screamed, punched pillows, ripped up phone books, 
whooped a mattress with a with a belt, whatever you need to do to unleash those emotions and not have them swirling around deep inside your psyche anymore, do that, release them, and then you can move on to, well, you know what, there are some silver linings to this dark cloud. Because I've experienced this, 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 and this that had all these negative emotions, I'm now at a place where I can relate more in a, in a more healthy way or feel better about myself and, and, you know, discern the truth from a lie. And there's all kinds of good things that can come from listening to your emotions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I want to add to that. It's interesting you went there because I'm thinking along those same lines that, but I want to add to it on a relational level of how you can actually then use your relationship to help intensify, magnify, and ultimately heal some of these baggages. Yeah. And, and the, to me, the whole concept is, it's, it's you, you learn better how to create your collaborative alliances together to where you realize that your partner is not there out to get you, you know, they're in the midst of this kind of stuff. I, I, cause what I can think of is, you know, just think of any kind of a situation where things have been kind of okay. You know, you're not distant and cold from each other, but it's also not real intense and charged. It's just kind mm -hmm. of, you know, there's, there's a connection there and you're reading each other. Okay. And you kind of got a sense of each other. And then one of you does something that's interpreted as you're mad at your partner. And so then if you're like, I was, if, if Pam got mad at me, I would go into nice guy overboard load to try to make it where she wasn't mad at me until I started finally realizing, wait, she may not even be mad at me. She could hmm. just have something else going on. You know, th yep. this may have nothing to do with me. Or you may have just triggered something right. that she actually felt very deeply in childhood or right. years ago. Right. And the, the example I use of this is whenever I, whenever I get a chance to speak and if Pam's in the audience, for a while I could not look at her while I was speaking because she would shift in her chair or make a facial expression and I would immediately, what did I just say? You know, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble for that one. And then I had to realize, wait, she just, her back was hurting. So she just had a shift, you know, that's and not, that's all it was. Yeah. That's not me. That's just her. So, okay. And that's just, but if you think about it, we do that in marriage all the time. We read our partner and, and internalize it and personalize it when maybe it's not me at all. And it's kind of humbling to realize I'm not the center of the universe to her sometimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then kind of, wow. Okay. What do I do with that? And so, I then need to be more present, more engaged in this process you're talking about of not letting some things just rule me and be reactive, but realize, okay, wait, I can sift through this. I can, what is this really saying? What is, you know, I can do this process and then I can actually use my relationship to enhance it by saying, asking for what I need or saying, Hey, this is really bothering me. Can you help me sift through this? Can you, I mean, I've, I've done that in my marriage several times, partly because of my training and what I, the way I deal with things is, you know, one of the big memories I've got Shannon is early, early in our marriage, after we had had children, we were going to drive up to see family, which is two States away. And at the time I had a pickup truck with no cover on it. So that meant, you know, anytime you go with little kids, you're taking the house. <laughs> of, with with stuff so i had to pull out all these things and then it was going to be bad weather so i had to find an old tarp to cover it all just to keep it from getting rained on well as i'm packing up i just get this real anxious feeling to where you know 
my stomach is just churning. I'm just really, really uneasy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, what is that? And I can't, and I'm sitting there like, well, it's because I'm going home. You know, I don't like going home or, you know, I, no, that's not it. And so I'm going through all these different things. And so for like two hours on this drive, I'm just in this world of anxiety and to the verge of almost throwing up, you know, like, God, what is this? You know, and, and, and I'm powering through it. I, I don't need to say, speak up about this. I can, I'm a man. I can handle this, you know, blah, 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 blah. So finally I say to Pam, honey, I'm in my own little turmoil hole right now. Can I help? Can I ask for some, can you help me process some things? What a mature way oh, to initiate that conversation. I, I, I think it was because I reached the bottom and I realized I am not getting out of this alone. So I might as well finally speak up. Mm -hmm. And so we just started talking through things because she, because she was, have, she had the insight of being objective, <laughs> you know, of, well, what about this? Well, what, because we have enough history together. She knows. And so she could ask questions, but she could also just hear me as I'm talking. And it's interesting when you hear yourself speak things as opposed to just think them, it's a whole lot different. So what it all turned out to be is there was a smell from the tarp that triggered some things from early in our marriage that I thought I had dealt with. Ah. But I hadn't. They reared their ugly head. Ah, I hate when that happens. But it was just one of those like, okay. And so soon as I got that correlation, not that the anxiety went away, but it definitely lessened to where I was like, okay. What? You invited her into your healing process. Right. And, and she was a willing participant because we've done that for each other in this idea of a collaborative alliance where it's an invitation of, I don't want you to fix this. I want you to be with me through it. Mm -hmm. And so that way... I have somebody I can bounce stuff off of or at least have the respect to ask for things. And and I've had times where I've done that and she's like, no, <laughs> I don't have the time, not interested, or that's on you or, you know, and then, she, <laughs> and then it comes back later maybe. But but it is just one of those, you think about how often we can blame our spouse for things when maybe they could be a path forward for us too. Right, right. And this conversation reminds me, it was just a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that we were away on a retreat with some friends. Well, when we left that retreat, uh, I asked my husband in the car, I was like, so, uh, you know, so you and Shane were out on the four wheelers in the snow and, and, you know, fishing and all that kind of stuff while me and Marty were there at the cabin. So what did you and Shane talk about? And Greg's response was some stuff. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Two words. Now, yeah. I wasn't trying to be nosy. I didn't want like every you right. know, graphic detail of every part of their conversation, but it just triggered something in me that I felt so uh, emotionally abandoned, rejected, neglected. And I stood about it for a couple of hours wondering, right. does he even know what I'm feeling? Right. And, you know, finally, I think it was when we were almost back home that I was able to bring it up and say, or actually he did. He brought it up and said, you've been quiet for a really long time. And that's really out of character for you. Imagine that. Um, he said, I realized that my brief answer to you probably triggered something in you. And I have been driving for the past two or three hours trying to figure out how to get myself out of that hole without you even speaking up. <laughs> he said, so talk to me about how it made you feel. And I said, you know, I think it just reminded me of when I was growing up. Uh, you know, my brother and my dad, they would go off on their hunting expeditions and their fishing and I was never invited right. and I was never, never included. And I just felt like I'm, you know, I'm stuck at home with mom and nothing to do. And it just reminded me of, of that experience in my childhood. So asking ourselves the question, 
when do I remember feeling this way before? Maybe a really good way to recognize yeah. what is this trigger really all about? Where are these negative emotions coming from? And once I made that connection, I realized that the answer is some stuff probably wouldn't have you know, hit me nearly as hard had I not had an opportunity to really grieve the fact that I felt really, you know, disconnected from my dad and brother when they would do those types of things. So look at it as an opportunity to say, wow, I'm just going to let myself be sad about that here for a little while. Yeah. I, I missed getting to do whatever experience it was that you felt like you missed out on or whatever. Um, another uh, piece of advice that I want to share with our listeners, though, especially those who've been in second marriages or even those who just had other significant relationships before your spouse ever came onto the scene, avoid comparisons at all costs. <laughs> They're not going to take you anywhere good. Right. Maybe if you're comparing something that, oh, well, you know, you do this so much better than, you know, a previous person did in your life. But really, I mean, you don't even need to say that. You can just say you do this really well, period. End of discussion. Right. It doesn't need to be in comparison because then your spouse is wondering, why do you always have to bring that person up? Right. Why are they on your mind so often? And then the other thing is avoid gory details of what y'all did and where you were and how it made you feel and all that, that serves no purpose right. other than to feel like your spouse, you know, it, they, they feel pressure all of a sudden to perform at least to that degree or better. And I, I think that the emailer uh, said it best. He said that pressure equals no performance. It sure it can. Just, it, yep. It kills your confidence yep, when sure you feel can. as if you're being compared to someone else and what all they've experienced with another person. Yep. And this is all a growth process. I mean, you, you look at it on an individual level that it's you're trying to be more in, engaged in your own life, more engaged in your present situation. And that means you have to deal with the past as it comes up. But at the same time, you're in a, you're in a relationship with someone that's doing the same thing. And so learning how to be connected to each other. And oftentimes it's, it's so funny, Shannon, because you've alluded to this and I know you've had this experience and had this counsel as well of it's amazing how easy it is to be present with somebody else when I'm take the courage to actually speak up about what's going on in me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's lo as long as it's between your two ears, it's ruminating and it's evolving into forms that, <laughs> that it's just so unnecessary to let it build. It's like a snowball going downhill. It yep. just avalanches into a much bigger problem problem than there actually is. Yeah. So it's learning how to speak up about what's going on with you and also the courage to speak up about what you're sensing from your partner. You know, that's what you're talking about with Greg of, you know, you've been really quiet and that's <laughs> out of character. What is up? You know, <laughs> so it's just that. Well, or, and, and then to even take that a step further and say, I realize I've done yeah. something to shut you down. Yeah. Help me figure out how to get out of the hole I've created for myself. That calmed my anxiety sure. quite a bit. Just him acknowledging that without me having to nail him on it. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, but that's the kind of dynamics that happen in every relationship, doesn't it? I mean, we had a couple of weeks ago, both kids woke up and you know, there's been flu going on or strep throat going on and they just kind of looked like they were sick, but they weren't. And Pam, I think overreacted of, I think both kids need to go to the dock and stay home. I'm like, okay. And I didn't agree, but I just went along with it. Go to the dock. They're fine. No fever, <laughs> no strep throat, no nothing. <laughs> You're it was just, feeling it silly. It was just a cold. Yeah. Was, the doctor was like, I'm like, really? 
you're, yeah, you're writing oh, a check going, okay. dang, that's wasted money. So, uh, <laughs> as we're talking at the end of the day, because I took out, took the day off to be with them then, you know, Pam was like, I'm sorry for that. And I'm like, yeah, I should have spoke up. And to, and I love my wife about this because she's grown so much in the sense of she's like, that's on you then, buddy. I'm not <laughs> feeling sorry about it anymore. And, she, and then it was done. I'm like, <laughs> man, you can't play that card against me like that. Come on. <laughs> but that's the way it plays out, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's we life have to together. learn to speak our minds with sincerity and respect and calmness and yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, and that's that's really what sexy marriage is all about. That that we are trying to learn to be more engaged in our own life because that is the way and the path towards sexiness together. And and more authentic in our communication about how we're thinking and feeling. Because when we think about it, sex is just a really deep form of communication. Absolutely. And if we can't communicate outside the bedroom very well, it's going to be really hard to communicate well inside the bedroom. Absolutely. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We love that you spent some time with us. So thank you for taking time out of your day, wherever you are, to spend it with us. If you got something that you want us to cover that we have not, please send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, do it with those you love and slow down and enjoy it. How about that one for an ending? So Yeah, I like it. See you next time.